Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Undivided, episode number 13. I hope you could hear the show open. I was playing it. I heard it very low. I'm not sure how it sounded on your end, but Audible.com is the sponsor of all of our programs, this program, and all the programs on the Life Coach Radio Network. Good evening and Happy New Year to you all out there. I hope the New Year's uh, celebrations and parties and the holidays, since I was on with you, just before the Christmas holiday, about five days before, and those two weeks went by very fast. I'm sure for you, as they did for myself, uh, we're filled with uh, some fun, some time with family, and now we're back in it. We're in a new year, and this evening's uh, episode is entitled New Year, New You. We are live here at 7 o'clock on the East Coast Here on January the 3rd, it's a Wednesday night, New Jersey and New York and uh, New England and most of the East Coast is bracing for what they are preparing to be a major snowstorm. So for all of you out there, I hope that you remain safe if this storm is anything like they are predicting it to potentially be and that you use good judgment in traveling and trying to get out on the roads and such. Um, on Thursday. But for now, we focus in here on Undivided tonight in our first episode of 2018, episode number 13. I'm so glad that you're aboard with me. And New Year, New You, it's, you know, somebody mentioned it to me. I think it was a tagline for one of the gyms or uh, like Bally's or, uh, you know, LA Fitness or one of them had a New Year, New You tagline. And I just was something that I kind of put up there after the holiday Christmas show was over as a temporary thing. But then some other feedback I got was people that liked it. So I decided to keep that. So tonight we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions primarily and the pressures that those different, whether they're plans or objectives, maybe maybe it's one thing, maybe it's a, a multitude of things. Those objectives place a lot of pressures upon us. Many people have been surveyed, you know, Gallup and Pew Research and all these major polling organizations do different surveys. And it's a huge area, New Year's resolutions, where people have been surveyed that has returned results around feelings of failure, feelings of of guilt, uh, being ashamed or embarrassed. They are a big part of of why people feel that they have set the year off on the wrong foot because they so quickly fail. Uh, Only 8% of people in the United States succeed with New Year's resolutions, according to some major polls. 8%. That means 92% of us fall short of that goal, whatever that goal or that resolution that stated either on January 1 or prior to it with a start date of January 1. And you see it, you know, with 
people really starting off the year 100 miles an hour. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, or I'm going to focus on whether it's weight loss or uh, quitting smoking, or we'll get into some of the more popular things in a little while. They get into this, and and then in a week or two, uh, two weeks is the average, it falls flat. And they drop the ball, and they never go back. Most of that is because the goal that was set or the resolution that was made was unrealistic to begin with. So there's a propensity for failure. It's also a cultural thing. We talk about undivided and being united across different lines, whether they're cultural, racial, ethnic. In the last episode, I talked about all the different religious holidays and how they're actually more alike than people would think would make us think that they are. It's similar with uh, culture in this aspect because the Eastern cultures, generally speaking, do not have this New Year's resolutions. It's not part of their traditions, their customary uh, following, following a holiday season. It's not something that they customarily undertake if you will. So it's a very Western culture driven situation. Some may think by the media, by society, by our culture, and those norms that are put up, those barriers that I've talked about in the past to make people feel worse. And there are some people that feel that way might be a very real possibility. I've talked about the culture and the government to some extent and some other factors being very disempowering to people. This might be yet another area where we'll have people set these really unrealistic goals for themselves so that when they feel bad, they're going to be even more apathetic. Sounds kind of crazy, sounds kind of out of the box, but there are a lot of people out there in the psychological, psychiatric communities that feel that it is, it's a a culture-driven situation to get people even more and more separated from each other rather than united. So that's one of the other reasons why I decided to take on this topic here tonight. So now, before we go into the major resolutions and why uh, they have been chosen, it's important to take a step back and look at the history of, of it. New Year's was not something that was celebrated, you know, traditionally back thousands of years ago. It was a tradition that actually started with the Babylonians. So if you look at the history of the world, the celebrations around New Year's are a lot shorter than other holidays, other observances that have been marked throughout our history. We have to go back about 4,000 years to the Babylonians. They were the first to celebrate New Year's, but they actually celebrated it in March around the harvest. That was the uh, point that they, their New Year was at harvest time, which was sometime in March. 
back in those days and back in that part of the world. And they did this. They took on a communal type of, best kind of way to put it, a communal or community type of expectation where everyone wrote down some type of resolution. Everyone committed to some type of goal that was going to make the fam, their family or their community or both better. So that's where it started. And then it snowballed, you know, through Europe and through the Western cultures here in the United States to becoming a very large part of what New Year's is. The fitness clubs, as I mentioned before, you have LA Fitness and WOW, Workout World, and, you know, some others that are major, that are nationwide, that promote really heavily discounted uh, memberships for January. And if any of you go to the gym, you know that gym attendance in January, especially in the first week or two, is huge. It's, you know, it's for someone that goes to the gym every day, I hate going in January. I shouldn't say hate. I, I dislike it. Because it's so crowded and you can't get a machine and you go early and it's crowded. You go later on, it's crowded. And then that attendance plummets off in February. It dies down tremendously because part of that is the resolutions behind either losing weight or a fit or active lifestyle. And these people end up with what they call shooting for the moon. We're going to use that expression a lot tonight. They're going to shoot for the moon. They have this huge goal. I'm going to lose, you know, 75 pounds. I'm going to lose 100 pounds in three months or whatever it is. And when they don't see the result or they go and they get so tired and sore and feeling lousy after going to the gym a few times and it's cold outside, the weather we're having now, you know, with this bitter cold, I don't want to go anymore. And just like that, that resolution's out the window and that gym membership is, you know, probably canceled. So why do we do this? Why do we put these unrealistic burdens, these inconceivable type of goals upon ourselves? Well, it's part of the overachievement that really marks Western society. Americans have always been known throughout the world as being really, you know, quote-unquote type A's. The rest of the world looks at us like we're crazy as far as the amount of time and hours that we work. We're notoriously a country that takes the least amount of vacation time and has the most unused vacation and sick leave time left at the end of any year. And then we're also during this show going to look at the role of coaching. Because again, it, being Life Coach Radio Network and being a certified coach myself, that's where I'm always trying to tie back. If you have listened to my shows in the past, you know if you're new to the show and listening in the new year, welcome aboard and thank you for, for joining us here tonight. So we do an intro piece as I'm doing now. Uh, we'll have a break in a few minutes at the 15-minute mark. Uh, to do some promotions of other shows and things like that. And then afterwards, I'm going to open the phone lines. So I'm going to do that earlier. I usually do it more towards the middle of the show, towards the 7.30 mark. 
But I'm going to do that tonight a little earlier in case anyone wants to call in. We also have an email, undividedshow at gmail.com. That's undivided, S-H-O-W, at gmail.com. If you'd like to email in questions, I check the email bag throughout the show. And I'm going to be going through some different topics, uh, kind of subtopics around the New Year's resolutions and how you can start the year on positive footing and achieve objectives that you would like to set forth for yourself. It's all about the way in which you do it. So we're going to break all that down here during our program tonight. There are some people that ask, you know, and they've asked me and they've asked others, why write them down? Why, why do you write down the resolution? And that's part of what we do in coaching, speaking of having a, a link back to coaching, is we'll set our intentions by writing them, whether it's goals for our own individual personal development, whether it's a goal for our coaching practice, whether it's a goal for another business we may have or another job we may have uh, while we're doing coaching on a part-time basis. But during the training uh, process, uh, they would have us write down different goals, and it's a statement. You're stating your intention, and writing that for the human is a very positive and powerful thing. To write that and commit yourself to that, it also helps to remind yourself. There are some people that say you have to write it often. There are some people that wake up every day that write four or five goals on a index card or a piece of paper and keep them with them. So writing it down and setting that intention is very powerful. So that's the answer to that question. That's why we write them down. We write down these resolutions. We have a start date, and that's clear. It's January 1st. But the problem with having a start date, if you read certain studies about how the human brain works is the human brain then tricks itself into saying, well, you have an end date. And that end date for most people that have anything successful, it's usually very brief or very short term. So people get to a point and say, well, my start date was January 1 and I'm not anywhere by, you know, February 1st. So I'm pulling the plug, you know, a month in, I haven't really done it, whether it's I haven't gone for runs every morning or I haven't gone to the gym every day or I haven't cut out that bad food that I wanted to do. I'm still eating it two or three times a week. I'm not seeing the weight loss results. I haven't quit smoking. Whatever it is, they they don't see the results of the brain tricks itself and say, well, now we've hit our end date. We gave it a good try, and that's it. We're here 15 minutes into our program. It's 7.15 on the East here on the Life Coach Radio Network on January the 3rd. This is episode number 13 of Undivided. I'm your host, Frank J. Maduri. And coming up here on Life Coach chat channel, which is part of the Life Coach Radio Network uh, family of channels. Russ Terry, our founder, coming your way with a brand new show of Entrepreneur 101, excuse me, Entrepreneur 101, 
which is a uh, show that Russ does on a quarterly basis or a monthly basis, depending on how his schedule is, uh, that he doesn't do this uh, every week or every two weeks. This is a special show for those who are unaware. He started them, I guess, about six months ago. He started Entrepreneur 101, the series. And he has different people on. So if you're a small business owner or a startup business or uh, you're looking for ideas on how to get out there and start those businesses, it's a great show. It's Friday, January the 5th. So that's this Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time on the Life Coach chat channel. And Russ's special guest on this show will be Carla Friday. That's Carla Friday, who left her job a year ago, almost exactly to when she's coming on the program uh, at the end of this week. And Russ and Carla are going to talk about where she went in that time, what's happened to her and her journey of leaving her full-time job to start an entrepreneurial experiment experience. It's also still uh, the winter time. It's still holiday time. Salvation Army USA, SalvationArmyUSA.org. Give from the heart this holiday season. Catholic Charities USA, 800-919-9338. It's Catholic Charities USA, 800-919-9338. www.redcross.org. There are so many people in need. There's so many people homeless. There's so many people in need of food and shelter and clothing. There are problems in Mexico still. There are problems with all the disasters down there. There are problems in the Caribbean islands and in Puerto Rico. There are problems in this country that need to be solved. Give from the heart this holiday season. Here on Life Coach Radio Network, we're back on Undivided Episode 13. I'm your host, Frank Jamadari. And we're talking about New Year, New You, and the resolutions that we make, however not realistically they may be, and hold ourselves to being accountable to something that is an un, it's a unsuccessful goal. It's, it cannot be achieved. It's unachievable. The way that we set ourselves up, generally speaking, nine times out of 10, 9.2 times out of 10, if you look at the surveys I mentioned before, we set ourselves up for failure. Why do we do that? We talked about our propensity for being over overachievers, for putting ourselves to unrealistic tests in our careers, in our family lives, in our social lives, I know people that take on a lot of stuff and they, you know, double or triple book weekends and they're going here and going there. Why would you do that to yourself? There's no time for decompression. And part of that means that you have to have some time to think. You have to have some time for introspection. Coming up with these resolutions you have to have some time to think and to reflect on what you may or may not want to achieve. I'm going to open the phone line, 646-716-9397. 646-716-9397. Audible.com is the sponsor of our show. 
undividedshow at gmail.com. If you'd like to email me a question, I just checked the email. I check it periodically throughout the show. And then you look at something like the most popular resolutions. So I mentioned some of them briefly earlier. Staying fit and healthy, that's 37% of the time. The So that's the number one resolution, staying fit, staying healthy. Losing weight is number two, it's 32%. Enjoying life or living life to the fullest or taking risks, some, somewhere in that vein, there's three different responses, 28%. Spending less money and saving more money is 25%. So there's a financial scenario there. Spending more time with friends and family is 19%. So those are the top five resolutions from last year. And they're pretty consistent with 2016 as well. Quitting smoking, quitting drinking, and quitting bad food are other major ones that kind of fill out the top eight or ten to get the picture. So why do we do this? Why do we set up this all-or-nothing goal? Because that's what it is. That's why it fails. Because whenever you have an all-or-nothing goal, it's not sustainable. It's not achievable. In coaching, we take people through how to set up plans to achieve goals, how to set up strategies to achieve different metrics, objectives, whether they be for a business whether they be for some part of their own personal development. It could be a career change goal. I will have a new job by June. Well, how are we going to do that? So that's the overarching goal. And then we break it down into pieces. Manageable steps, and it's very actionable, which is what I like about it. We would set you up if you had set up some type of resolution we would set you into a plan or a strategy to achieve that. You look at losing weight or staying fit or active or healthy. The U.S. is a huge obesity epidemic, a huge weight problem. And and most of the country overall, in certain regions of the country, it's tremendously epidemic-type level. It's a tremendous problem, is what I meant to say. So the fact that there's some awareness of that is good, but shooting for the moon or setting up an all-or-nothing goal around that is only going to feed that situation in a negative type of feedback loop, as I've mentioned before. It's like having a stereo system like a a repeater if you're familiar with stereo systems so you have a repeater that just keeps going and going it's going to send the signal as you keep sending is the same signal and if that signal is failure it's going to repeat itself it's how you break that down at the half hour mark we're going to talk about how do you bridge this divide because it happens between people internally and it happens between people and society, and it happens also between people and their friends. Because if you think about all those things I mentioned in the show open, all those feelings, the guilt and the shame, the embarrassment, 
And the number one thing as far as, you know, Gallup and Pew and these other research firms I mentioned earlier, the biggest is a feeling of failure. It's the number one reason why people have feelings of failure in a given year is because they quote unquote failed at their New Year's resolution. They failed right off the bat, right out of the gate. There's all this energy, you know, the ball drops in, in Times Square and everyone's at parties and everyone's jazzed up and they're saying, okay, you know, it's a new year. We're going to wipe away whatever happened in, in this case, 2017. And we have a clean slate and there's so much promise and there's so much opportunity. And that's, those are very good things. And in coaching, those are things that we utilize throughout the course of a treatment program, uh, a coaching program, to help people to harness those feelings of opportunity, to harness that energy around. Think of it as living in the present moment. Think of it as now you have a clean slate. Don't think about what happened yesterday. Coaching is very present and future driven, as I've talked about in previous shows. And it lends itself to a conversation like this, which is another reason why I want to talk on this topic at this time of the year. If you're thinking about getting a life coach, if you're thinking about getting a business coach, if you're thinking about getting some kind of personal development or leadership coach for your organization, for your nonprofit, for a charity you might be involved in, this is the time to act on that, to get that going, to start putting those pieces in place. That could be part of a strategy for a business or an organization who also have goals and resolutions for the year. Everyone's different in how they do it as well. As I said, most everyone writes them down. Some people I know only have one, and it's a big one, generally speaking. Other people have a few. They might th- say, well, I'm going to lose weight, but I'm also going to spend more time with my friends or my family members. Someone might say, well, I'm saving. I need to spend less and save more, that financial one, which again comes with planning. You have to have a plan in order to achieve that. They might have two or three of them in different areas. Myself, personally, I have a list of objectives, but they're like softer objectives. And they're broken down into categories. And every year I rewrite them. I look at the list from the year before. I check off the ones that I've done or I mark where I've made progress. And I might change it a little bit, but they're more general goals or general statements. There's nothing really hardcore and they're smaller. So there might be, you know, two or three small ones around some type of personal development goal. There's going to be two or three small things in the fitness area, physical fitness and health, you know, increase my reps to whatever on this machine or uh, lift three times a week or whatever it is. Uh, Go to eight miles on the elliptical, whatever, uh, just given examples, whatever it could be. Then I have uh, spiritual goals for my spiritual life goals of of maybe spending more time in prayer or going to Mass an extra time a week or something like that. And then I mark how how well did I track that? How well did I do there? Versus 
when I laid that plan out last January. So they're more general statements and they're broken down into sub. That's just what I do. It's not the be all end all, but everyone has a different way of how they approach it. Goals are again, you know, spending maybe more money. Okay, that sounds great. How are we going to do it? About that, and end up right back into the same. Spending is habitual. Uh, saving is something Americans typically do not do and do not do very well. Financially, most people are not good at handling finances in this country. So that's where that piece is a great place to maybe introduce a coach or a counselor or a financial planner into the mix. Say, hey, you know what? I need to do my taxes or whatever. I'm going to go see someone at H&R Block or I'm going to go see my friend who's an accountant and see if he knows someone or I'm going to go to, you know, UBS and see if, if uh, you know, someone there can help me or whoever. Or I might look up financial coaches and see who helps do financial planning and budgeting or family budget planning because they're out there. There are men and women that have specialized in a variety of different areas of coaching. And that's like their niche area. So that could be an avenue for you around that as well to make that goal more achievable, more attainable, or better attainable. It's 7.30 here on the East Coast, here in New Jersey, the headquarters of Life Coach Radio Network. It is January the 3rd. We are three days into the year 2018. This is Undivided Episode number 13, New Year, New You. I'm your host, Frank Chamaduri. We are brought to you by Audible.com, sponsor of our program. And we reached the midpoint of the show break. Paul Garwood, brand new show, brand new host in the network. His show is called Push Through. If you listen to my holiday Christmas program, I previewed this show at the end of that program. Sunday, this Sunday, January the 7th, believe it or not, 8 p.m. Eastern, here on the Life Coach Radio Network, Paul Garwood will debut his new show called Push Through, which is all about grappling with mental illness, looking at the small blessings of each day. His guest in his first show will be Andrea Landry Brown, and the topic and theme is called Enjoying the Journey. So again, they're going to talk about how do you live with mental illness? Really, really hot topic right now. How do you grapple with that? How do you take a step back and look at the ways that you've improved if you suffer with mental illness, and so many people do? How do you look at those small blessings each day? And his guest, Andrea Landry Brown, will take you through that. Again, that's uh, Sunday, this Sunday, January the 7th. So spend your Sunday night with us, 8 p.m. Eastern, here on Life Coach Radio Network. Paul Garwood, the show is pushed through. Food for the Poor, great charity out of Miami provides assistance in Latin America and the Caribbean primarily, 800-427-9104. That's 
9104, Give from the Heart, SalvationArmyUSA.org. Anything you could do to help our local communities, especially this wintertime. And I'm going to reference it again at the end of the show, as I usually do. We're just talking about Paul Garwood's show and grappling with mental illness. If you or someone that you know or someone that you love has something that is just spinning in your head that you cannot get around, if you have something that is bothering you and that you know that you can't let it go and you're having thoughts of harming yourself, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255, 800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Please call them. There are people there that will listen, that are willing to help you. All lives are important. Every single person, every single life. Please, it's not worth it. Please call them and get help. We're back here on Undivided, episode number 13. New Year, New You. I can't believe it's been 13 episodes. Thank you so much to listeners from near and far here on Life Coach Radio Network. I'm Frank J. Maduri. And now we're at the segment of our show after I do the intro and I do the 15-minute break and I take you through some of the uh, different pieces of a topic. We're now at the point where I've set the stage of this is the issue. Resolutions have been made, and it's a large source of embarrassment and failure. It's the biggest source of failure for American study, like the last three years in a row or something that I read uh, yesterday. So now we're at the point of the show called Bridging the Divide. So how do we bridge that divide? between what New Year's resolutions can do and could cause as far as the mental and the emotional and the psychological damage, because it is. It causes that. It's very real. How can we bridge that divide? And then the second part of the question, so there's two, how can we bridge the divide that the societal pressures place upon us and our sense of fulfillment? Because your sense of fulfillment is zero if you fail in a resolution, and 92% of people do. Missed New Year's resolutions are a large source of emotional and psychological distress in this country. So what do you do about that? What can we do about that? We have to set more realistic goals, and that doesn't just happen overnight. It happens with a concerted effort of saying, okay, the society has to be not about the big goal of, you know, losing 150 pounds or the big goal of I'm going to spend every Sunday with my family and then when you miss a Sunday, you feel guilty and ashamed and that you failed and that you stopped doing it and then it becomes a habit that you can't break and you never spend another Sunday with them until the holidays the next year or whatever it is or having guilt over not quitting bad food. It has to start somewhere. The changes have to be more incremental. They have to be smaller. We have to recondition ourselves. 
to not hit the home run, to not shoot for the moon, as I mentioned before, to not throw the, the deep bomb touchdown pass. It has to be a smaller, more incremental, more concerted daily commitment to change, to change something. You can't think of it as a start date because then, like I said before, your brain's going to trick you into an end date. You have to use that positive energy that comes from the new beginnings that are evoked in New Year's to make lasting positive changes. I'm a big New Year's fan. I always have been, uh, you know, through the course of in my own personal walk, my own personal journey. Maybe because it has a lot less uh, formality than these other holidays where you feel like you've got to have a presence and you've got to go out and do a bunch of stuff before you can go to somebody's house or you uh, have to to uh, uh, make this huge dinner or whatever it is, like, like Thanksgiving dinner, and it's all timed and there's all kinds of pressures and all this. Where New Year's has always been more of an open, more of a relaxed, a holiday, more of a uh, fun. The focus is on just being with people and hanging out and enjoying each other's company and focusing on the excitement that comes from a new year. Because there is psychologically something happens within our brain that it's conditioned to think, well, the calendar has changed. And regardless of how it is, you know, 2017 was a strange year for me personally, because it was a mixed year. I usually have either really good years, quote unquote, or years that I'd love to forget and can't wait to turn the calendar. I get to the last week or whatever year it's in, and I'm like, oh gosh, I can't wait for this to be over. This year was kind of in between because there were some things that happened, you know, in certain aspects of my life that were not good, uh, that were challenging, that were difficult. And there were things in my life and other areas that uh, were really positive, one of which was starting this show. So I got certified as a coach. I began the show. There were a lot of things that happened that were really positive in 2017. I had some success in other areas of my career. So there were some very successful things. 646-716-9397 Undivided show That's S-H-O-W at gmail.com Is the email address Audible.com This is Undivided And we're talking about the New Year's Resolutions, what they can do So getting back to the question of How can we bridge that divide That's the one piece We've got to change Our thinking and that doesn't happen overnight We've got to change the way you know, there are certain psychologists that recommend looking at it not as a resolution, but January 1 as being what's called a reset date. And that's almost what I do for myself without realizing that I did it. Was I, I'll say to people a lot, well, I'm going to hit the reset button. Whether it's an objective that I'm in, a project that I'm in with my writing business, and I say, you know what, this isn't working out, I'm going to hit the reset button on this. I just did it with a, a, a small business client that I have. We're gonna, we're, we decided together to take a whole different direction 
on something that we've been working on. So I said, let's hit the reset button. It's like a reset for your life. It shouldn't be this all or nothing goal that comes into play or into place. It should be more of a loose statement or a loose objective. I would like to, you know, lose weight or whatever it is by this date. I would like to lose uh, 50 pounds in six months or whatever it is. However, there's a caveat, but if I don't, I'll have the rest of the year to do it. It has to be more of an open thing. As to be, let's say uh, now I had a year where certain things went badly for me, whether it's in the financial part of my life, uh, maybe I didn't save enough money, maybe I made a bad investment, uh, maybe I'm looking at that I didn't enjoy life enough, that I didn't take enough time off, and I'm not going to have unused vacation days the next year. That's a reset goal. I will not have uh, unused vacation time next year. Or I will look to save more money than I did last year. I will look twice and consult with other people before making an investment. You get where I'm going. There has to be looser things that are also not as uh, unrealistic, not as burdensome in order to be attainable because there's so much damage that happens. What happens is you become divided because you feel that part of you did not go like head and heart. Well, it could be, well, I couldn't quit the bad food or I couldn't quit smoking or I couldn't quit drinking. So now what's the point? I've already failed. I might as well just go all the way with it. And that's what happens. That's part of the human condition, too, that kind of attitude. Well, I've already dropped the ball, so what's the point? I'm just going to go, you know, all the way the other way now. There's no point in getting back on the horse. There has to be someone to say, it's okay that you fell down. We all do. It's okay that you tripped up. Now you have to reset again. So that reset date might be March 1st. That reset date might be February 15th. But the reset is important. Okay, I messed up. I I didn't do whatever. I didn't go to the gym every day like I set my mind to. Well, that was an unrealistic goal in the first place. Going to the gym once or twice a week is a more realistic goal. So as coaches will say to you, okay, one of the strategies that myself and some other coaches who went through my school will use is, and this is something that we'll get a lot further detailed into in, in a session, but essentially goes with, well, what's the least that you can do if this is your stated goal? What is the most that you can do? So the least you can do is go to the gym for 15 minutes or 10 minutes a day, one, or one day for once a week. That's probably the least you can do. There on Monday for 10 minutes and leave. The gym's a good example. What's the most you do? We'll go every day for, you know, eight hours, which is totally unrealistic, or 10 hours a day. I'm going to go to the gym for eight hours a day for every day, seven days straight. That's never going to work. What is a reasonable middle? If you're not someone that goes to the gym and works out at all, how are you going to start going every day? Most people will not be successful doing that. Reasonable middle is like one of my friends, he goes three times a week. 
of set days. He goes like Monday, Wednesday, Friday or something like that, I think. So he has set days that he goes to the gym because he knows himself, you know, he likes his weekends and he Tuesday and Thursday, he's got other stuff going on and he can't get there. So you just said, rather than knock yourself out and not get there and feel bad about it, you just take those days off the table. You have to know how it works with you. I've also talked about forming habits. Because you can form habits one way or the other, then that will start forming a habit that's a positive habit. If it's a positive outcome, which most resolutions are positive things. You want to make positive changes in your life. Very few people say, I'm starting the new year. My resolution is I'm going to smoke more. They're going to smoke less or or with the goal of quitting. Habits are formed in the human mind in 30 days, approximately. I've talked about this on other shows that I've done, especially when we talked about last spring in Lent. And the guy, my uh, prayer group, my discipleship group at my church was saying that, you know, this, the 30 day window and forming a habit if you repeat that activity, regardless of what it is, the human brain will form a habit around that. So that being 40 days, 47, with all the Sundays involved, you can form some great habits during the Lenten season you know, for Roman Catholics, whether it is, you know, uh, quitting, you know, I at one point years ago quit drinking soda. I lost 15 pounds in, you know, in Lent, in 40-something days. Whether it's quitting chocolate, which is a big one for people, or quitting ice cream, you get the point. It forms a habit. You tend to, let's say you go back on Easter and start eating chocolate again. There are some people that have said, well, I eat it now more in moderation. Or I don't have the urge that I used to have for it because I went without. It's amazing what the human condition can do and the human brain can do. When you form habits, it's amazing how quickly those things can change into situations where you can do without. I know people that have gone gluten-free because of a partner or spouse, and they're like, you know what, I don't miss it anymore. Like certain foods or, you know, if the person can't have milk, like I don't miss ice cream anymore. And other people are like, oh, I couldn't live without ice cream. Well, guess what? When you're put in certain situations, you can. The human brain has a real propensity to do that, to adapt. So we would start with that, you know, that macro versus micro approach. Where can, um, you know, how do we bridge that that societal pressure? That has to change. It has to change with us. Because the society says, well, you have to look a certain way. And you have to Enjoy life and live it to the fullest and not think about anybody else. That's a faulty message, too. You've got to spend, you know, time doing you. Well, you also have to spend time with your family and you have to spend time with loved ones and friends before their time on this earth is gone. And then you're going to regret that, generally speaking. And you can't just spend all your money and have no way to pay rent or bills. So living your life to the fullest and going out there and taking, you know, reckless risks with money is not the way to go either. So there's got to be certain limitations. Society wants you, you know, to have the immediate gratification. And that's where I think part of this goal setting comes in. It's so that people hit that calendar flips and they think, 
this is the year I'm going to do this. And we've all done it. I've done it myself. It's got to be a smaller step. It's got to be, this is the year that I'm going to take a step each day to achieve this general goal, a betterment of myself in some way. And we would help you as coaches. Okay, let's break it down. What's your goal for this week? What's your goal for this for each day living in the present moment? What does that goal look like? Again, what's actionable? What's reasonable? What's a middle ground? What's what's a middle step between some outrageous goal of going and you know not eating anything for you know five days? But bread and water, or you know, the reverse, eating fried chicken every day, you know, neither one is good. What's a reasonable middle ground? What can you do? Well, I'm going to eat smaller portions, and I'm going to have one cheat day, as they call it, if you're familiar with that concept. Or I'm going to eat dessert once a week instead of four or five times, if people have an issue with that. And that's going to help me lose weight, and I'm also going to employ some other lifestyle changes. So we take a view that, well, you can't just do that. There's always people that say, well, I'm going to do weight loss with a pill. It, it, it generally doesn't work because you have to incorporate changes to your lifestyle, to the way you eat, to the way you think, to the way you approach being active. So people say, I don't like to exercise, or maybe they can't because they have a legitimate injury or something. They have to have surgery or whatever. We can figure out ways. Can you walk in a park? Can you do this? Can you do that? There are different things that we can discuss with you to help you to find the answer within yourself of what's going to work best for you to achieve those goals in an actionable way. When can someone start to determine a plan or strategy for the new year? This is a question that I got. It's a good one. Where can someone start to determine a plan or strategy for the new year? I would say, you know, in the holiday time when things slow down, that's, um, you know, it's with generally speaking with people's careers, they have less going on work-wise. Maybe it's a time where you can focus in as things start to wind down, you know, post-November 15th and say, okay, what's my strategy going to be? What's my plan? What are those resets going to be? What are they going to look like for my business or my career, for my personal growth and development? Maybe it's a career change goal or plan you want to start outlining. I'm going to start taking extra training. You know, for me, it was, you know, I'm going to start taking life coaching classes. I began in March. So leading up to that year, I knew, you know, I was going to be enrolling you know, I had made that decision, you know, prior to the year starting. So, so, you know, by February, March, I'm going to be really into this thing. And this is going to be, so it's a big commitment. This is something I have to, you know, really put forth a lot of effort and a lot of intention towards I'm going to achieve this. So that's a good example. You know that that's coming. It's coming down the road. But I think that's important to have the strategy before you go into it because people on January 1 that are trying to come up with things or on New Year's night saying, on New Year's Eve night saying, oh, I, I need to come up with a resolution. 
that's going to miss the mark too because you're coming up with it kind of on the fly, kind of last minute. That's not going to have the same impact. And then you have this you know, relativism, this individual versus what should be shared goals. There are some people that I know that put together resolutions as a family. That might be a, an, another way to look at this from the perspective of it's not just about the individual. It's not just about me. If you're a father, it could be, okay, um, uh, what am I going to do for my family? If you're a mother, it's, uh, okay, how are my spouse and I going to work together to balance all of the obligations that we have in raising a family and, you know, working and, and all these other responsibilities we have on our plate? For a married couple without kids, all right, how are we going to rebalance this thing? In the year ahead, maybe we have some areas that we can work on to improve and that we can work on them together. So not just about, it's not just about, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. It could be I need to quit smoking or I need to quit eating bad food you need to commit to that with me. I need so an accountability partner. As coaches, we hold our clients accountable, and we ask them how they would like us to do that. That usually happens early on in the initial session or the second session. I usually do it in the initial session. I ask a lot of questions around, well, have you received coaching or counseling before? In that situation, what works well for you? And then how should I follow up with you? How should I hold you accountable? Should I send you an email? Should I send you, should I call you? Should I text you on Wednesday and say, did you go to the gym today? Um, You know, for example, how do you want me to do that with you? Do you want me to be tough on you when you miss the mark? Because I, I can be. These are things I get out of the way on the front end. Most coaches do to have a successful set of sessions and a lot of that around resolutions, setting goals that are actionable. So how do we find common ground? Because we're at that segment now in our show. The common ground segment is the last segment of the show. How do we find common ground between being comfortable with ourselves and conforming to societal norms? How do we remain patient enough to make these changes? So these are big questions. We have to find that that first step. And that first step is being okay with who you are. And if you're not, figuring out how you're going to become okay with who you are, because that's going to be the first step. And I say that loosely so that a wide variety of people will get what I'm saying. You have to be okay with who you are and where you are in your life and your journey. And if you're not, you have to figure that out. You also have to look at the norms, quote unquote, from society and all of this messaging that we get incessantly as being somewhat of a real distraction to what is truly important. We have to look at our lives in a very introspective way as we start a new year. 
in a way that is very thought-evoking. And in a culture like ours, that's hard to do with constant text messaging and emails and alerts and LinkedIn notifications and Instagram. You get my picture. Facebook invites and the list goes on. Americans are not people that really like to sit still, generally speaking. And there are weekends they pack in with these activities. And there's a lot of people, as I mentioned in in my last show, that work on weekends now too. Whether they have a secondary job or secondary source of income that is weekend-driven, or whether they're working Saturdays at their, you know, full-time, you know, main job that they have to get caught up. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and he was saying how, you know, he took the week between Christmas and New Year's because he had some unused time, and he ended up going in three or four days during the week anyway. And like two days he worked half a day, another day he worked the whole day. Because he said, well, I want to get, and it was smart of him to do, but it's it's an example of the culture because he said, well, you know, I want to go in on Friday and get stuff lined up so that on Tuesday, I wasn't, yesterday, I wasn't dragging after New Year's. I wasn't playing catch-up. And because no one thought I was in, he was able to get a lot done. It's a quiet week anyway. But look at that. I have a friend of mine, too, that I was telling my wife the other day, he took uh, 40 hours of vacation from his regular full-time job to work overtime at his secondary job because it was holiday season in, in retail and they got, gave extra hours so that he could work, you know, 82 hours. He got paid for like 82 hours that week. But he took a vacation and worked the whole time. This is what we're doing to ourselves. There is no time to think and we end up setting goals. That's what coaching can provide, an outlet for you to have an hour session with a coach on the phone and just let it out, whatever it might be. And together we'll work to find strategies and plans and so forth objectives. Together we'll say to each other, why do you care about this societal construct, if you will, the societal notion that you have to be thin or that you have to be uh, saving money uh, and not having a life at all and being disconnected from everyone. Because that's what it does as far as being undivided. It's, it, it divides us when we miss those marks and we have those feelings of embarrassment and guilt and shame and failure. People tend to withdraw. People tend, when they get ashamed, to become really reclusive and avoidant as a defense mechanism. They tend to shy away from obligations, commitments, and things like that because they are ashamed to say, Oh, I thought you were, you know, so-and-so says, hey, Jane, I thought you were, you know, you're, when I saw you in New Year's, you were talking about losing weight. That's obvious that they haven't. Or I thought you were talking about you were going to go live your life and, and go on this great European trip. 
I wasn't. You didn't do it because you decided that you didn't have the courage to do whatever that was, or you didn't have the money. There was something that, that caused you to short circuit that goal. You didn't quit smoking. You're embarrassed about it. You didn't start an exercise routine. People are looking for you at the gym. You tend to know, I'm not going to go there because I haven't been and they're looking for me and it's going to be obvious so you don't go at all. That's where you become divided from people that love and support you or care about you. That's where you can, can become divided from people within your workplace that you may have become close to because you didn't achieve a certain objective, maybe in your career, or you got passed over for a promotion so that you just stop trying. And now you're ostracized. It can happen in schools. It can happen anywhere where we gather with others. It's important to remain connected. It's important to know that people care. It's important to live in the present and not the past. So if you fell down on something, if you failed a resolution that you have set or a goal that you have committed yourself to, instead of becoming reclusive, instead of becoming ashamed, it starts with making a goal that's actually attainable. Life coaching can help you do that. There are counselors that can help you do that. There are social workers that can help you. There are professionals if you need, if you feel like you need therapy from something that's happened in your past that you can't go around, that's fine too. And that you can incorporate goal setting within that. I know therapists that then refer people to coaches or counselors or social workers for brief treatment after they're done so that we can get you on a track. Let's say to saving money while having a life, spending more time with friends and family, and still working two jobs. So there's a lot of ways that we can help, and that's where we find common ground. You have to take a step back. You have to see the people around you who are willing to help. You have to fight the urge to be reluctant about accepting that help. Because that's really going to that part of the human condition, that shame and guilt and what we do and how we act out of those things, the blocks that we talk about in coaching. There are a lot of blocks there. We can interpret a situation and say, well, this has happened before. It's going to happen again. We can have a, a belief that's very limited in that, well, I tried this before and it didn't work. And I'm in the same boat. And I'm doing the same things. I told myself I was going to eat better and I'm at McDonald's ordering a Big Mac. You know, it happened last year. It's going to happen again. It's going to repeat itself. There are ways that we can help you break those cycles. And then there's that inner critic, which I've talked about before, too, which is the most powerful of all of these forces, that inner critic that is inside many of us. 
and is inside talking the most, criticizing, saying, you can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. You can't start your own business. You don't know what you're doing. You can't do um, any type of weight loss program because you don't have the stamina to do it. You can't do, you know, whatever it is. You can't quit smoking because you're too weak. That inner voice that is so critical and so demeaning. We can help you with that. We can help you with ways and with different techniques to get around those things that can block you, to get around those interpretations that are not true, to get around those beliefs that can limit you and hold you in a box. Instead of showing, like I talked about last week, being the light and having your light shine, we're created to be light, light of the world. We have to go out and do it. We can't be limited and we can't be down in the dumps because on January 15th, we didn't achieve what we set out on January 1st to do. It can't be like a one and done thing. It can't be, okay, we didn't get the first down, we have to punt, so that's the game. If you get football. That's not the case. You have to get up and get back on it. And in coaching, we can help you do that. We can help you bridge all these pressures the society wants to place upon us, upon you and me. Get you living in the past instead of living in the future, living in the now of today and planning for a future that's positive. Life coaching can help with that. If you're interested, reach out to me, reach out to uh, my school, reach out to uh, I went to IPEC, IPEC. Reach out to the Life Coach Radio Network on our website, lifecoachradionetwork.com. Reach out to Russ Terry or Paul Garwood or Brenda Baird or one of the many coaches, Trina Ramsey, Tammy Banfield. We have a million coaches on the network that would either love to help you or refer you to somebody that could. www.frankjmadurycoaching.com is my website. Audible.com is our sponsor. And our final promo break of the night before we, we break off for the evening and I wrap up the show. Brenda Baird, I was just referencing her. Home for the Holidays, that series continues Tuesday, January the 9th, 7 p.m. Central Time. So it's 8 p.m. Eastern on Life Coach Radio Network. That's Brenda Baird. Reverend Dr. Henry Schoenfeld is along as the co-host for that series, Home for the Holidays. They've taken you from just before Thanksgiving all the way through. They have this great series on how you can, going home for the holidays, how you can survive it, you know, or having people into your home for the holidays, how you can survive that too. Very informative, great series, has received some great buzz. Be sure to check that out. Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104. That's Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104. Catholic Charities USA, 800-919-9338. That's 800-919-9338. SalvationArmyUSA.org. SalvationArmyUSA.org. 
Red Cross, www.redcross.org. Give from the heart in this New Year's. Maybe you want to start giving per month. Maybe that's one of your resolutions. Small. That's what I have to leave you with tonight. Set incremental goals. And if you feel embarrassed or ashamed, don't let that define you in 2018. Let resilience define you. Let overcoming odds define you. Get help if you need it. Like I said, coaching can help. We're here to help. Counselors are here to help. We refer each other all over. I know people like you get you to the right person. If I'm not the right person, I'll be very honest with you about that. I have a lot of experience in helping people achieve certain goals. But they have to be measurable. And that's the problem with New Year's resolutions. This is how you can start on positive footing, is by setting objectives that are achievable and then having an actionable plan to get there. So I hope that's helped you. Thank you for listening. That's our show for tonight. That's episode 13. This has been Undivided New Year, New You, episode 13. I'll be back with you all on January the 17th. It's a Wednesday night, 7 p.m. We are live. I have the guest. I don't have the topic yet. I have the guest booked. We'll figure out the topic. It's to be determined. But I have the guest all lined up. And I'm really excited about that show. Then after that show, we'll have that three-week break as we're first and third Wednesday. And we'll be back with you on February 7th. Uh, my guest on that program will be Nick Marchese. Um, we're going to do something around film and using film to unite people. So that's going to be the February 7th show, which is a while yet. Thank you for listening tonight. I look forward to seeing you guys again on the 17th. For Russ Terry, I uh, thank you, Russ Terry, and all those, Trina Ramsey, Danica Treble, for all my friends and colleagues here at Life Coach Radio Network. Happy New Year to you. And until I see you again, be blessed and be well.